This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here we go. It is hour two of the G-Bag Nation on an epic afternoon inside Surprise Stadium. We are live at spring training. Our coverage is brought to you by Sonic. Mmm, good. That's right. We're watching the Royals and Cubs play some spring training baseball. Rangers are cross town taking on the White Sox. A lot going on here in our world of sports, gentlemen. And uh, let's get some more from the football world, the NFL news of the day. Here's Chiafalo. Yes, sir. Okay, got some uh, got some good baseball being played here, man. The fans are into it. I've been enjoying this. Uh, across the road, we got the Rangers playing. I'm seeing that Cole wins first inning. He uh, a little bit of a struggle bus. One earned run uh, on a single. There was uh, a walk and a hit by pitch. He needed 31 pitches to get uh, to get through that first inning, but he managed to only give up one run. Uh, after loading the bases with no outs. So he worked out of a jam there. He only gives up one. Has to work quite a bit, though. Uh, but then he ends up uh, he ends up getting through the second inning pretty good. Two quick outs before uh, Danny Mendick single into right field. And then Robbie Alstrom uh, is, uh, is now into pitch. That was a few minutes ago there. Sam Huff did get a triple, Let's which go. is exciting. It's because you talked to him this morning. I, I think there's something to that, I think there's us. something to that. He's in the lineup today, and we had a great conversation in the clubhouse that we'll uh, play a little bit later on in the program. But Sam Huff, probably my new favorite Ranger. Okay. Um, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to be knee-jerk here, first day at spring training. But, uh, man, that guy gave me the time of day. Nice. He really and We're going to have some audio highlights of that a little bit later on in the show, aren't we? Yes, yes. Looking forward to that very much. So, And uh, brand-new Ranger Danny Duffy as well. So we'll get some clubhouse exclusives going. But uh, the NFL situation right now, man, it's combine week. Plenty of combine news to get to. I think the football thing that stood out to me the most this, uh, this weekend, though, was seeing Austin Eckler. We think of him as little scat-back Austin Eckler. He's in the weight room. He's got a 100-pound dumbbell hanging b- between his ankles, and he's doing pull-ups. You know, oh. like, like, like Dawson, you, you watch him, like, you get the, you get the feeling like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it is possible. You know, if a human being can put 100 bucks or 100 pounds Oh, he's holding that with his feet. Yeah, he's got the dumbbells, a 100-pound dumbbell. Wow. That he's holding his feet with, and he's doing pull-ups with it, and he's getting double That's digits, elite. easy money. I'm like, okay. 
This is scat back in the NFL. Just adding a hundo to it. Yeah, I got bad news for you. I have not worked out back and buys, I think, for over a week now. I got to hit that hotel gym, buddy. I got to get right. I'm I'm following down a mighty slippery slope right now. I'll be honest with you. I'd be a a bad gym partner for anybody in this moment. I've been since the turn of the new year. There's just the desires just uh, has just been gone. I went to the gym here uh, here at the hotel. Nice gym. Best hotel gym I've probably ever experienced. There's there's some size to it. There's a freshness to it. And I just can't get the gumption to really break the sweat that I need. So hopefully we can get there together. You and that state might actually be my perfect workout partner right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a workout perfect. You ready to go? Yes, sir. Let's rock. Yeah, the guy you don't want to do that with right now is Sandler. That dude's animal waking up 345 in the morning. He's trying to get the heart rate and the sweat going. Good lubrication before he attacks a spring training day here in Surprise, Arizona. He's a savage. I mean, his weight does oscillate, go back and forth quite a bit, you know. Yes, like he, he's, he's a very all-in, all-out kind of guy. He's you know, constantly eating. Depending on the season. That uh, too. Yeah. yeah, he constantly eats. It's and very it's much like watching. Too. Yeah, it's like watching that show Brad Pitt in like Ocean's Eleven. You know, like he's constantly snacking. Snacking, yeah. I, I've never seen Jarrett not snack. Never seen a guy love a rice cake more than Jared Sandler. I'll tell you what, though. He offered me a couple of them. I've been so hungry so times, you're thinking, I'm not going to have one of these. But you're so hungry, you have it, and you're grateful. Oh, they're good. Yeah. At that point, they're, they're good. But other than that, they're complete trash. It wants a little peanut butter or something to go along yeah. with it yeah, in a perfect world. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some steam building that potentially, maybe possibly, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Vikings. Traded. Uh, Broadus's LSU Tiger Man Go Tigers. could be uh, available via trade. He's yeah. obviously set to break the bank. He's he's lent voice to the idea that he's he's trying to uh, basically get every dollar possible, which is fair. When he wants you're, guaranteed money. Yeah, when you're the best receiver in the league, and if it's not you, Justin Jefferson, it's Tyreek Hill. It's kind of like some hair splitting there, but he he's incredible. There's the quarterback situation that's up in the air a little bit with Kirk Cousins being the free agent. So he also wants to have some assurances of, like, who's going to be my quarterback. So I don't know. This could be one of those weird deals where a guy in the, I mean, has even reached the prime of his career yet. I don't know. But uh, he's certainly one of the best in the league, and he might be available. That's a dude that will command quite a bit uh, via a trade, I would imagine. The Vikings would probably get quite the haul for him, but he'd be worth it. That's a dude who's still super, super young. Could you young. get more for an offensive player or a defensive player? Offensive. They sell jerseys, and they, they last longer. Yeah, I, I the think. Their powers. Obviously, each position it depends Ooh, on the position. Hot shot back. I don't know. I don't think there would be a defensive player that would get as much Parsons? as Justin Jefferson, Parsons, Parsons would be right there. I mean, yeah, Parsons, even like a Chris Jones might be a little too old now to get quite the same length and numbers on a deal, but it'd be close. I think the offensive player generally, though, if you're the superstar offensive player, that's going to be high Not value. talking about the quarterback. Sure. Yeah. Not yeah, talking yeah. about the quarterback, just saying a, uh, a receiver, a tackle, there's an occasional edge or corner that might be good enough to make as much as the top wide receivers, but other uh, than that, yeah, I mean, wide receiver now you're sitting at thirty, right? Yeah, and, and even probably a, now, like Justin Jefferson, I think it's going to be around like thirty-five million a year. Nice. Mm. 
So he's going to get all the bag for sure. But will it be with the Vikings? That is a bit of a question at this point. Caleb Williams, who is set to be very likely the number one overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft, will not be throwing at the scouting combine. He's going to be awaiting his pro day. And we're getting a he's lot of a this. Hangnail, I heard. Uh, a little, oh, no, a no. painted hangnail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he will be waiting until his pro day to throw and work out for scouts. So uh, he will be Fight in. on. Indianapolis for the for the scouting combine, but he will not be throwing. So yeah, he'll be doing the interviews portion there. Uh, but you know, the, I'm sorry, Eric. No, you're good. You're and, good. And I'm interrupting you about 75 times today. Already, it's fine, dude. Honestly, that's one of the things we missed most last week, wasn't it? Dawson? Get my yeah, interruptions, like getting interrupted. Yeah, you forget how much you actually appreciate. A lot, lot less work to do with Brian interrupting you every two seconds. Seriously, man, take the, some off my plate. No, go the ahead. Thing, sure. The thing, the thing that you you worry about a little bit when you're a quarterback throwing at the combine is that the, you, they put you in alphabetical order in the way you work out. So you're at the little bit of the mercy of the receivers you're dealing with. So you okay. might yeah, be no dealing, chemistry. Th- th- there's no so chemistry. So if your last name's Williams and the last name wide receiver Williams is some, isn't good. Is, isn't a W or close yeah. to that. You might have. Jobbers. You can either catch this thing. Perfect. Perfect. Here's Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, if well, those, yeah he's, not, exact, he's not doing the combine. Yeah, well, exact neighbors, and you know, yeah. I mean, you catch this thing perfect. You maybe you get a run of receivers, or you get a receivers that are going to drop everything. That they're not going to adjust. They're not going to make you look. You know, that that's the danger of working out as as a quarterback at the combine. Yeah, because you're at product. the mercy of the receivers that you're working with. Yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. You you are having to trust the idea that uh, hey, these guys that are watching this aren't just married to oh was it a completion or not like how did the oh ball where was pop the ball sometimes where's... these receivers can make a quarterback look really good yeah for sure and, and yeah and and that that's the issue but uh, but I mean last year you had C J Stroud throwing at the combine right. and I think that 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 helped him obviously not enough to become the number one overall pick but uh, he he turned some heads who do you think will be of the quarterbacks that uh, that are going to be participating, and it won't be Caleb. Williams. It doesn't sound like Daniels is participating either. Right, you're going to get like you're going to get the JJ McCarthy's. You're yeah. going to get the the Rattlers, the Knicks's, yeah. the 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 Penixes, all those kind of guys. Who is going to? Sh- who do you think will be combine impressive throwing the football? I'd say the one thing that I really i I think Michael Penix is. I think he could be super accurate throwing the football. Okay, and. The way that left-handed throwing motion, too, the way it kind of comes off his hand, he, you know, th- these guys that do throw in the in the scouts' eyes, they're gonna get some they're gonna get some points out of this, right. you know, because it's the whole competitive situation. Mm-hmm. But I could see I could see guys. It it could only help guys like Nick's McCarthy. You Rattler, know, Rattler, especially. I, I mean, think he, I mean, he showed up at the Senior Bowl. He's a guy yeah. that they talk about. I mean, he was a one of the top flight recruits yeah. coming out. The way, like his but he's, his story his is bouncing around, right? But I think yeah. from like a th- just throwing the football guy, yeah. strong arm, the way he spins it, yeah. looks good doing it. The fundamentals. I think he might be a guy that people just look at that at the combine and be like, oh, that like he he performed yeah. well he helped himself there's a kid either. at Kentucky called Leary last name Leary that nobody's really talking about that's going to be probably below all these guys but that's the whole thing if you go to the combine and throw scouts are going to see you in a different way they're going to see you in a competitive situation where they're going to give you ah this guy is you know but you're still going to go to Los Angeles to watch Williams you're still going to go to Baton Rouge 
to watch Daniels. You're still going to make those trips, but you kind of give a kid a little bit of a, a highlighter mark if he throws at the combine because you're like, okay, not afraid to compete a little bit. Uh, looking ahead to next year's Super Bowl, New Orleans, uh, their officials will be doing $500 million in renovation for the Caesars Superdome in preparation for the Super Bowl next February. I wasn't sure the status Man. of that building. I, I didn't know. It seems like that thing's getting uh, uh, like upgraded every well, five years, doesn't it? Yeah, they, It looks the, pretty good once you get inside. Yeah, it the does last not look time, old at all. The last time was because of the... Uh, you know the Katrina and the floods and all that stuff, and they they had oh, yeah. to do some stuff to to get that uh, to get that uh, even even playable. You really, know, it was a bad yeah. situation there. Yeah. Well, yeah, they'll do five hundred million in re- renovations to get the Super Bowl ready to rock. Everybody was wondering about Andy Reid. Is he going to be retiring? That's certainly not the case. And in fact, they are uh, the Chiefs and Andy Reid expected to begin negotiations in the coming weeks on a new contract that uh, apparently would make uh, Andy Reid the highest paid coach in football. There you go. It was deservingly, deservingly, yeah. Yeah, deservingly so, no question. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Andy Reid and the Chiefs. If you're going to get m- more years of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, everybody's going to be in favor of that situation. Yet another coach, uh, former Eagles defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, who was benched, uh, basically middle, demoted middle of the year, not fired. It's just like, hey, you're still on staff, but you're not the defensive coordinator anymore. So we got this guy, Fat Patricia, that's going to run our defense yeah, into the into ground. into the ground. Uh, so uh, he is now going to be a part of the Rams staff. Man, Sh- McVay, he knows how to build out a staff. Like this he is does. This is Sean Desai, who's got defensive coordinator. Young guy, too. Bonafides, young guy. And now he, you're just going to get him in a, as a senior defensive role. You know what I mean? Like that kind of deal. People like Huge to go. Dub. People like to go buddy up next to McVay, and McVay knows how to pull a young coach and bring him in and and make things uh, make things work for him. And just who wouldn't want to leave Philadelphia to go be in the nice weather for fall and, and winter? You yeah. kidding me? Like going to LA is a huge win, no doubt. You no just doubt. can't show up on that staff, though. You know, you, you you go to your office, you're sitting there, you know, you've been demoted. You know, how do you look everybody in the face? You know, That's I think a weird that deal. it's yeah. a weird deal. Go for the fresh start. You think he would have rather just been fired middle of the season sure. instead of being sure. demoted? Absolutely. Yeah. Pay me out. I don't you know, I'm not saying I'm a quitter, dude. But, you know, that that you're there. There might be some talk about why the Eagles had some problems within the locker room about with what went on with some of the coaches. That yeah, were, that's got to be it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Eric Bieniemy, who is the former OC for the Chiefs and then most recently with the Commanders in Washington for yeah. one year, he's not going to remain on staff with Dan Quinn and company. In fact, he's going to the college ranks. We're seeing a lot of college coaches go to the NFL. He's one of these guys in the NFL that's like, okay, and he's going to UCLA on a two-year deal uh, deal to be there Offensive coordinator, so Eric Bieniemy, uh, not going to be another. The Sean player. Foster kind of built in a little bit of a staff. First time head coach, though, you get Eric Bieniemy, you know, who kind of knows his way around, is uh, uh, how to work with players and stuff. That's a good hire for Foster out there. Congratulations to uh, to those guys. And yeah. then finally, the NFLPA is exploring the possibility of dramatically different uh, different off season workouts. Uh, the current program, they want it to be scrapped, and players want to show up basically several weeks earlier for the start of training camp um, as opposed to there having that layoff in between there the OTAs go. and, there and camp. Yes. So I don't think this is something that they are reportedly like really trying to hammer home and get done ASAP, but it's something they're exploring now, and in the coming years, I think the NFLPA is going to try to adjust the NFL offseason so that they will just have more of a buildup in the month leading up to training camp instead of I having I never that time understood off. why they did not that 6 week period by the end of 
OTAs until training camp? Mm-hmm. No. Bring the players in later and then build it up and then get the players. You want to get the players two weeks off before they go to camp? Great. Do that. But that's why one of the reasons why I'm talking about injuries at training camp, hamstrings, all that. These players do everything great, and then you give them off for six weeks, and they kind of fall apart a little bit. Mm. So, yes, make it closer to training camp. I, I totally like what the, uh, the PA is trying to do I love the here. idea of, of having the offseason uh, work immediately after the draft. Um, you know, and, but I think this is a good compromise. Um, what, what you need, though, is the opportunity to check in with them in late spring before you get to summer and it's too late. You're going to let guys get too far out of shape, and they show up, and you don't have enough time to, right. to work on that. I, I think that's why they have the gap that they do. But maybe adjusting those days by three or four weeks they, could get the best of both worlds. They should absolutely bring in the draftable players after the draft and yeah. let them get started. Yeah, let Build them up and then get them acclimated with the, the, uh, the veteran players but at a later time. But make sure you take care of your rookies in that group. Get them going. Yeah. And then everybody's worried about, oh, with the, you know, the, you know, getting everybody together. And, you know, you got rookies, veterans. And all. It, they, they, they figure it out. They, yeah. they figure this out. And they, I, I just. But you know how much young guys need just a little bit of accountability or they show up like. Yeah. You know how quick weight can get put on or muscle can get lost. And all of a sudden you're looking. Now we're in training camp where we need to be practicing and guys aren't in shape enough. I think that's yeah. what teams are going to push back on. Yeah. You know. Uh, but, hey, we are here at spring training and we're having a great time. And mm-hmm. I, I do believe Marty Graw-Bryant is making an appearance here. This is the exact same energy that he had at the parade. Day baseball, and Gavin. It, it's, it's day baseball. It's day it's, baseball. It's the championship vibes that are flowing. Yeah. It, is, it has energized this yeah. crusty in a way that we rarely see. So we're going to soak it all in and hope that it continues for as long as possible. All right, G-Bag Nation, our presenting sponsors here. We've, we've told you Sonic and Good, but also good. Best Buy Windows and Siding. Call 469-WINDOWS and on-time experts. Uh, air conditioning and plumbing. Same-day service guaranteed. We have a trench warfare report. There's some bad stuff in here for the Cowboys. They need to get fixed. But there is one thing that, if true, spells success big time for the Cowboys in 2024. Is it going to get you some optimism? We'll find out next here in the G-Bank Nation. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, GBAC Nation. We are live at spring training here in Surprise, Arizona. Hope you're having a great day. Now, uh, it is time for the Trench Warfare Report. Cowboys fans, friends, 
at the end of the day, I just really, really like the passing game and the passing defense. But in order to get to Valhalla, you got to be good there in the trenches. Okay, so Jones, boys, we need for your plan on this to be advanced and keep on advancing. Do not relent until you reach your goal. This segment of the nation is brought to you by Soda. That is state of the art. Okay, we go to blogging the boys. This is Dan Rogers. Worst running season since 2006 this last year on offense, Chiafalo. Ooh, in what, in what sense? Like yards per carry or just the overarching, everything about it was, uh, was no bueno? You guys um, yeah, yards per backs. attempt. Yards per attempt, I think. Yards was, per attempt this yeah, year was the worst since yeah. 2006? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, pretty ugly. McCarthy. I mean, it's, there's, there's layers to the reasons why. Um, and, and it probably starts I, it probably starts with your offensive line because if you have a bunch of studs there, then you can just bully people. Even Jason Garrett's offenses, when they had great offensive lines, the there was no it wasn't like there was any nuance to the the way and the style in which they attacked you rushing the football there wasn't any groundbreaking Kyle Shanahan kind of or even Mike Shanahan ways of going about it that was just like oh my gosh schematically you guys have this thing dialed you guys can run any type of any type of run and get away with it it's just like our guys are better than your guys i think with this cowboys team right now you have layers of issues your offensive line wasn't very good your scheme is not um, is not advanced like a lot of the best rushing attacks in the sport are uh and then and then your back took a step back you know especially the first half or 10 10 11 weeks of the season he was definitely not himself and he never reached the guy that you were hoping he was going to reach again uh when you gave him the franchise tag yeah okay now in inside this article you mentioned the offensive line right there and i know i know uh, you know there's definitely film of them failing but you know, last year, at least by run block win rate, it had them. It does have them at fourth. Okay, now I know that maybe they 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 clearly are not a top five offensive line by any measurement. But if they're fourth at run block win rate, I would imagine they're no worse than around average at at, at run blocking, at least in a way that you would grade it. Um, and I, I say that in, in hopes of harvesting some sort of optimism. How much do you trust that metric, number one, Eric? I know you look at a lot of them, and, and some of them have a varying degree of, of credibility. But I think that gets me excited that maybe we just had back-to-back washed-up runners in Zeke and, and this year in Pollard. You know, other than Pollard, his, you know, 30% of the time he got in 2022, that was the only respite that we've gotten in recent seasons from just broken down old man runners that, that should have been chased out of the league already. I mean, when it comes to the, any of the offensive line metrics, I think it, the, I, I take those with probably the most grain of salt of maybe any position because it, it, it doesn't seem like. Like, the Cowboys are always – they always have them graded highly, even though we sit there and watch them and we're like, this is not a good offensive line. Yep. Like, they, they grade them and they're like yep. – they just see the Cowboys and the narrative over the last decade generally is the Cowboys have a really good offensive line. And so it's like they just put them there and you're looking – you're going – are they really top five? This seems insane. And I know everybody's nobody's got a great offensive line these days. There's like a couple of teams, and then everybody's sort of average. But I'm like, man, it's crazy to think that year in, year out, even though when we watch them, and Broadus, you watch the film. Yeah. I mean, when you watch the film, how often are you going, my gosh, I don't know how many running backs I, I could have done that. I don't know what metrics I don't know what metrics everybody's dealing with here, but if you watch the games, 
they're they're not a they're not a good run blocking offensive line. They're not they're not good at the point of attack. I think it's but I think it's regressed to a point where no teams are. So even though they look crappy on film and you're like, wow, this isn't good, they're actually around average. That's what you get. I, and if you have a young electric running back or a great scheme, they'll make that work. There seem yeah. like two games that they were able to really run the ball against, and they're both against the Commanders. Other yeah. than that, it, it seemed like that there was they weren't good enough at the point of attack. They can't secure down linemen. They struggle to get the center up on the second level. They can't secure the one or the three inside. They get bullied a little bit at the point of attack, as I mentioned. So I, the, metrics, the metrics for me <laughs> was that you had better, you'd better figure it out. And what, what, what really, really worried me, guys, is that Mike McCarthy identified that as something that needed to change. In, in, you remember? Yeah. Last oh, yeah. year it's like, oh, we've got to run the ball better and we've got to do, you know. And, and, you're, and you're, okay, you get rid of Kellen Moore, you want to run the ball better, you want to do all those kinds of things, and you didn't. Got worse. Much got worse. worse. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that Mike McCarthy says now, I kind of go, huh, well, this has a chance to be not worth an S. Yeah, like last week when they were like, well, we're going to stay home because we got to work on the defense. I'm like, also the running game, right? Yeah. Like, please, yeah. We, we, you, you cannot rest with, with building a team. And if they think that their passing game is good enough, that if they just get a better defense, they're going to be there, then they're going to be fine. They are, they are sorely mistaken. What's the bigger concern, offensively or defense, when it comes to the running game? Listen to this. Cowboys defense has allowed at least 150 rushing yards in 20 games games over the last four years that's 30 percent of their games needless to say the cowboys aren't winning many of those as they finish with a 5 and 15 record in those contests and sure eight of those 20 came during the mike nolan seasons but uh season but the bleeding hasn't stopped since they've allowed over 200 yards rushing two times in each of the last two seasons what's a bigger concern brian their own rushing offense or their inability to stop the run i think the rushing offense is the biggest concern here because to me, you saw what happened. Your quarterback played at an MVP level, and he didn't have a running game. You know, imagine if you could have helped him that way. You know, and, and I got to the point where towards the end of the season, I was like, they're not going to run the ball. They're not going to be able to run the ball. I'm, I'm hopeful that Dak can continue to play like this. I think Zimmer, Zimmer was going to make this run defense better. The way that he schemes, the way that he, uh, the way that he uses his linebackers, you know, he's, he's, he realizes, and I think some of the run defense problems you had were the fact you're playing, you're playing dime package the whole game. You're yeah. playing 212-pound linebackers. You know, you're, you're playing right The injuries in. really got him. Yeah, But, the, but it, that it was did. due to lack of depth. It did. Yeah. But the run offense, I think, is a bigger concern than the run defense. So I don't know how you look at this, Eric, but, uh, you know, I think they need a center. They need a defensive yes. tackle. They need yes. a linebacker and a running back. They need four positions if they want to play uh, championship football. Maybe you could get away taking three of those. But, I mean, how do you approach that when it comes to the limited resources that you have in the draft, even more so this year after the trades they made? Um, and, you know, not a lot of money in free agency either. Is it realistic to expect them to, to be able to check off all four of those boxes? I, it absolutely should be realistic for them to do that. Even playing in the confines of the way the Cowboys like to play it with the way they 
they don't want to spend a ton of resources to bring guys in, uh, especially in free agency. I think there this is a deep enough class in free agency at linebacker and a defensive tackle that you don't have to break the bank. I mean, Broadus just gave us three linebacker examples, uh, none of which would really be breaking the bank uh, that you could go grab, boom. Uh, and then uh, defensive tackle, I think, is the same way. You could get a run-stopping monster beast in there uh, on the relative cheap, and you can knock both of those out, maybe grab a cheap veteran Devin Singletary kind of $1 million per year running back just to have. Maybe that $1 million per year running back is Tony Pollard. Either way, no problem. But then you go into the draft. Okay, this is a draft brought us that you can get the center. I think yeah. you draft your center, and you draft in the second or third round fresh legs at the running back position, and that is how I would attack it. And I think it's very feasible, very doable. You're not reaching for the running back in the draft, and you're not reaching for for the center. They're both going to be there for the taking at good value. Totally agree? agree. Yeah, totally agree. I, I mean, I'm I'm doing so much work, and I, and I hate this that uh, I'm sitting here. I, I think there's one position they absolutely if they have a if they have a free agency hall where they get the linebacker, you know, and maybe they find a way to get the defensive tackle like you're talking about. And it turns into the only thing that you have to have is the center. And I get to, like, pick the best available player from then on. Because I don't have a lot of picks. Now, if I move back in the draft, I could pick up a three and a four along the way. But the one thing, if I have a good haul in free agency, is that the only thing I'll have to, have to draft, is the center. Okay, and that's a good segue into this last point from this article. You can, uh, it's, a, you know, the trench report there from uh, Blogging the Boys. You know, and, and uh, Danny Rogers there, he looked at 2021. Right. And he's like, man, this is the only year of the last four years they were actually good stopping the ball. And he, so he looked at the rosters. He says, here's the guy that stands out and had a lot of snap counts in running situations was Terrell Basham who signed a two-year, $10 million deal back then. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think of him at the time as like an important piece, but maybe that was the guy. And maybe they look at, man, if we spend another five or six million bucks here on the defensive line, maybe we can get a guy that can help us, you know, stop the run a little bit more dynamically than what we did last year and, uh, and, and not break the bank. Did Basham st stand out to you? Was that impactful? No, you know, it's funny. It's funny. He's always been a, a, a decent run defender. I wouldn't have been the guy that said I was going to hang my hat on him. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that you've got guys like Golston, that should be a really good run defender, and he doesn't. Huh. You know, you've got guys on the roster currently. I, when that I watched, you thought were going to be Yeah, something. when I watch yeah. Golston play, play at Iowa, I'm like going, damn, this guy could play the run. I mean, He's not Golston, gonna like, yeah, Osa, Mozzie, yeah. there's a lot of buzz yeah, along there. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden now you've got guys that, you know, uh, like Armstrong doesn't particularly play the run well. Fowler, not particularly well. So, yeah, you were hoping that guys like Golston would be able to step up, but he's just been kind of a guy that's not – he's played end, he's played tackle. You know, we'll see what uh, – you know, with Fajoko, that's a guy that they drafted last year that Junior. that sat out the whole entire season that's a pretty good run defender. But, yeah, they need to get better on the edges for sure. Well, Chief, uh, 
It was a good weekend in review from my perspective. How about you? Ooh, it was quite the weekend on and off the field. And right here in the G-Bag Nation, we will update the Wooly Bully situation. He has become a father. But on the sports side of things, should storming the court, rushing the field, should that be banned in all of college athletics? That's next year in the nation. We got away last night, and we're here in Surprise, Arizona, uh, home of Rangers Spring Training. It's Royals and Cubs on this diamond this afternoon. Rangers across town taking on the White Sox right now. Sands is going to join us when that thing goes final, give you all the takeaways of the day. Right now, it's time for Eric Chiafalo to give you those takeaways of the weekend. Yes, sir. 877-881-1053. The, uh, the court storming in college basketball was a headliner. Dukies getting banged up. Now they're trying to figure out a way to end this uh, end this college sports tradition of storming the court or rushing the field in football after a giant victory. And uh, I don't know. I'm curious how the people feel about this one, man, because I can understand. I can understand both sides. People are trying to put some regulations on it. Maybe you don't ban it uh, entirely, but I don't know. I think it's an all-or-nothing kind of deal. You have the exhilaration of the moment that game ends, you get that final buzzer, and we're not waiting around. We're just, boom, here we go. Emotions are high, and we're going to go bask in this glory, and uh, it, some somebody can get caught in the crosshairs there. And that's certainly what happened uh, with the Dukie. So uh, I'm curious what everybody thinks about that. But this weekend was a, it was a getaway weekend for us. I assume we soaked in as much family time as possible before we hopped on the bird yesterday. We land. Walchuk gets Ooh. notifications that seven weeks early, Wifey's water's broken, and now he's got to hop on another bird back home, switching airlines going from American to Southwest. Broadus MVP of the weekend certainly is Broadus for Walchuk the moment he found out he was going to have to turn around the like just as we landed here in Phoenix Broadus is starting to pull up different flight options here boom 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 gets Walchuk squared away before we even exit the the initial plane that we're on Walchuk deviates goes to do what he does and uh, he catches the FaceTime watches baby girl get born and uh, she's healthy and mommy's uh, mom is healthy as well and Walchuk is now a brand new father so all is well in the woolly bully land but then we get over to the rent-a-car place and it's a two-hour wait knc has already been there hagee's waiting in Uh line he had been doing it for upwards of 90 minutes when we got there and brought his steps in slides just boom gets that perfect cutoff situation a guy who has cut in line before brian brought us that was not your first time sir and the work you've put in over the years cutting in lines paid dividends for all of us yesterday all of our sanity because it was one of the worst rental car situations uh, in, in Arizona state history. Yeah, I do want to say thanks to the young lady who, who doesn't even work for doesn't even work for that company. She works for Hertz. Really? And she manages she Hertz, over. and she came over to help them out. She's the real deal. Is what, and, and so I uh, thank her for, because they were in a two-agent two situation. She made it Ooh. the three-agent situation, and uh, we were able to... Uh, too, but I, I want to say thanks to Heggy as well because he he could have he could have just said you know what no you wait like I've waited but he immediately texted me and said hey if you want to cut when I get close let's do it yeah and, jump in here and Sneak Dawson attack. Dawson's credit he went on a exploratory mission to see if we could get another car yeah I was about to go to a different agency. that that they were thrifty was the only packed one yeah. everybody else had cars and. So uh, Dawson kind of says, well, I don't know, but see what you could do. And I was also being uh, a good teammate backing up first base on the throw. As you went to cut, I got into the back of our line. Yeah. So if yeah. cutting didn't work out, I would have at least saved us the extra 20 minutes there. 
Well, credit to the people, too, that let it's me full cut team in line. effort. Yeah, the people that let me cut in line. Uh, but I tried to play it as kind of a, oh, this is he's my buddy. He's been standing in line for us. Yeah. Yes. This is my buddy. He's our rep. Yeah. He's, we're yeah. all on the same itinerary. We're yeah. all on the same. We, we have to check in together. Yeah. But the people that they, they – it wasn't like, hey, fat guy. You know, they, they weren't doing any of that number. They were, hey, what are you doing? What are you, you know, yeah. they, they – I to they be honest with you – They played that. it smart going to the same place as Hagee. Yeah. See, if you'd have waited there and then gone to a different agent, maybe they would have been annoyed. But yeah. I don't think a lot of those people knew what hit them. No, I, I just – I let Hagee do his business first. Yeah. And then I just put my credit card – I had my credit card and license ready to go. Yeah. And she, uh, she was uh, – the lady there did a nice job of, of completely helping us out. Big shout-out to Bill Brock, who's Tolo just Venmoed me $50 uh, <laughs> so that we can continue to get brought us hammered today. Ah. So that's exciting. Cheers we have, to uh, you. We have a $50 beer tab courtesy of, uh, of Yeah, we got the seventh Dave. inning coming up, and, we're, and the Chicago Cubs are in town. You want me to do my Harry Carey? Yeah. A one, a two, a three. You know, yes. take me out to the ball game. What if I stand up and just start singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game"? Oh, you will. It's appropriate. The way this bro. day is going. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's honestly going to be an upset if you don't at this point. Uh, uh, so, Duke star basketball player Kyle Filipowski gets banged up during the uh, students rushing the court. Yeah. And uh, that's cer- certainly unfortunate, but now everybody's trying to end the, the court storming. How do we Game's feel over. about this? This is fan space now, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, I know whatever we do, it shouldn't be Jay Billis's idea where he says if they really want to stop the court storming, uh, you just let it happen one more time, and then once all these kids are on the court, you detain them and give them all citations and arrest them if you want to. That's his honest-to-God serious take when he woke up this morning to start the sports week. Thank you, Jay yeah. Billis. He's a Super Duke fan. You know, he has some great takes on stuff, and maybe that's the answer. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's gotten to the point where people are getting hurt and it's time to end the, end the fun of it, but I think this is just bad luck where Caitlin Clark got knocked into and one dude got hurt, but we're not going to end the fun for literally hundreds of thousands of people because a dookie got his, his knee bruised. Can we – is there a way that we can still have court storming but allow both teams to get off the court before we do it? Is there a way to allow – does that – does little, that work for buffer, you? A little buffer time? Yeah, you, you, you know there's going to be a storming situation. Yeah, storms are brewing. But, yeah, storms are brewing, but you cannot go until the visiting team is off the floor. Once the visiting team's off the floor, then you can come onto the court. Yeah, but you'll, 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 get, some, you'll get some funny guy lollygaggers. Yeah, and I think you ruined the spontaneity, spontaneity of the moment. The thing is, the game goes final, and here come the fans. Boom. You know, I, I think what you should do. What about is, just allow uh, nope. 50 students to do it? Uh, nope, 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 not cool. It's, it's got to be total <laughs> pandemonium, right? All yeah. the rules are getting broken because we won. Joe Burrow is smoking a cigar in yeah. the facility, which is uh, technically illegal, but nobody cares because we won. What you do is you arrest the people that hurt players. Why are we trying to once again punish the people who are willing to have an awesome time and be responsible? If you run out and hit a player, your ass might go to jail. Now everybody's having fun. Players feel protected. I think that's probably, that might be the most rational way to pull it off and still maintain it. Yeah. Uh, Because a lot of these suggestions like arresting and 
citing these kids or just banning it in its entirety, I think is that takes away that takes away one of the funnest things in all of college sports. And you guys have talked about this. You guys, I haven't even had that pleasure. I haven't had that feeling of adrenaline when my team gets the the upset victory. I've never I've never rushed the field or stormed the court. So you guys who have been there done that, you know how special of experience that was for you personally. Yeah. And you wouldn't want these rules to take that memory away from you. Or Heck future no. generations. Yes. Yeah, it I just be think good. you have to be mindful, though, if you storm the court. 100%. You just have to be, like, keep There's your head on a swivel. Me yeah. rapidly jumping over a wall, shaking a, a security guard, and now I'm hammered in, in victory euphoria. Just I mean, don't yeah. taunt any players and don't uh, run into okay. them. Okay. Yeah, if we're going to storm the court, then visiting player gets to slug as many, player, many fans on the way out. Oh, okay. That's that's kind of there, there is something no, fun to that. No, that's not that's not sustainable, Brian. You're I'm just giving to, okay, an idea. Give you're, it the old it, college try. Yeah, if you're going to you, storm the court drunkenly, and I'm mad that we just lost, I'm going yeah. to hit as many of those fans as I can on the way out. Now, I don't think that's sustainable. But what might be sustainable is if you hit a player, he can hit you back or okay. she. Yeah. Right. See, that's what I'm saying. You get to defend yourself. Consequences and repercussions. Yeah. Uh, all, all this war on the responsible fan, I'm not here for it. Yeah, out here getting punched. I just saw my team beat number one. I'm trying to responsibly run out here and get on Sports Center. Brian's trying to get me knocked out. It might keep you off the court. If, if, you, know, if you know that Shaq is going to hit you with a right as you storm the court, I'm, I'm, well, I'd like so, to see so, it. But I'd you're, like to see you're it. approaching this entire thing with the premise that storming the court is bad. And we need to get these guys no, beat no, up or it's, arrested. No, it's you know what I went on the field the Ohio State LSU game and I kind of regret it. Oh, I regret it. What do you okay. mean you weren't you were preaching regret two weeks ago when you brought this story to life? I've changed. I like entitled Brian more than I like establishment Brian. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you me too, Dawson. Fist bump on that. Fist me, bro. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you let the players take swings on the way out, You're, you got that right, brother. There might you be. There, there might. Then you could show that on Sports Center. Like, oh, what a straight right there. I mean, if some, dude, tape, now if some dude just knocks four people out, and then Jay Billis has to break down yeah. the punch. And the no, fight I, I'm talking about maybe ESPN boxing dude, Teddy Atlas. Oh, get Teddy. Teddy Atlas, yeah. Teddy Atlas gets to break down. Oh, we had another court storming. <laughs> oh, oh right this. there. Right this there in the head. He hit him right in the jaw. Yeah. Oh. This yeah. reminds me of Rocky Marciano yeah. over here. That's what it would sound like. That's three different impressions in one segment, boys. I think we're on a roll. Dang. You need to go get more beers here in the bottom of the seven. I'm about a, to. A-plus broadcasting here as we're live in Surprise yeah. G-Bag Nation. Didn't anticipate it when I left the hotel room this morning, but Marty Gras Brian is here. He is in his element and soaking up the Rangers uh, World Series vibes. Yep. We got to run. Uh, when we? we come back, we got a rim session. Where do our Mavs go <laughs> from here? Where Luca ranks in the MVP now? Is this a fair assessment or straight hate? And it's next in the G Bag Nation. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all in one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.